Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people with dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Abby McEnany stars as a fictionalized version of herself in the new Showtime series Work in Progress. On Showtime, Abby is a 45-year-old overweight queer dyke from Chicago who plans to commit suicide in 180 days if her life doesn't get any better. Can she become a work in progress before it's too late? In real life, McEnany is still queer and based in the Windy City, but a little bit older and happier. Thanks in part to her longtime involvement in Chicago's improv comedy community, she's been a mainstay of Improv Olympics weekly improv group Virgin Daiquiri for the past decade. That group's alums include SNL stars A.D. Bryant and Cecily Strong. McEnany created work in progress with another Chicago improviser, Tim Mason, and they independently filmed the pilot, premiering it in January 2019 at Sundance. Showtime picked it up to series, and Lily Wachowski came on board as a co-writer and showrunner. Abby walks me through all of these progressions, both personal and professional. So let's get to it. <laughs> no, Abby McEnany. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out. I'm thrilled to be asked. Thank you. Okay, so last things first. Yes. I want you to know that I've done my homework. Oh, okay. But even so, I might ask you some questions that I could have Googled the answers to. I don't care. Ask me anything. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, I, I, yeah, I'm not offended by that at all. Well, it's, it's a plot point. Oh, it's a plot point. <laughs> oh, okay. No, in the show. Oh, what's a plot point? That you tell, you tell uh, the straight uh, hetero cis friend before he asks you any questions. Oh, that's, oh, right, right. That, I'm sorry. I was like, wait, what are you talking? Oh, my God. I totally was like, what are you talking about? Yes, that's my, he plays my brother-in-law. I have I'm done my homework. You really did. I can't but believe I might, So you saw that episode already? I've, I've watched the first two episodes. You did? Yeah. Oh, my God, I didn't know that. I love it. But I like, might still ask you some questions that I know go to a library. you could Google, no. but, I'm still, but I'm asking because I want you to answer on I'm the record. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be asked. Um, I love that I totally, that totally went over my head. You're like, and I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Even though. I know the science and I know that I can Google it. I you're might still ask you some questions. You're like, uh, can we start over? <laughs> well, actually, uh, I do want to start uh, from the 90s, even though you okay. had a great 2019. And yes. Congratulations I, yeah, on your 2019. Thank you very much. I've got a knock on wood, but thank you very much. But your 2019 has been great. Yes. But I want to start in 1990. Okay. Because that is when Julia Sweeney debuted her character Pat <laughs> right. in December of 1990. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So where were you in your life and career then? Okay, so in 1990, were I was... Were you in school? Out of school? Yeah, I would know. I was in school at U University of Chicago. I should have graduated. That was the mm -hmm. end of my fourth year. Yeah, I started in 86. So I should have graduated in 90. Should have, in quotes. I uh, was in a really bad space uh, with mental illness at the time, mm. uh, with OCD, it was, which was okay. terrible. And, and then so I graduated in 90. So I was still in college. So I was a fourth year at UFC at the time. Okay. And when Pat came out, I mean, I loved Pat. I thought Pat was hilarious. So just... I so you it were... It was a time. Oh, yeah, I wasn't like... So you, the real Abby was fine. Well, no, and, and the, the, what happened in real life is that mm -hmm. when, um, let's say, in like the late 90s, so Pat had been off the air for ages, mm -hmm. then I would start being 
called Pat. Um, so it wasn't even in like you know it wasn't even on TV anymore. Uh, that character, that sketch, and right. then people would call me Pat, and that's what ruined that. That that's what made it life so hard. And wow. like, so it wasn't yeah. even while it was on. It, it was, was not while it was that. on. It was after. And like, and I would be called Pat, like, and not just by like frat bros, but by lesbians mm-hmm. in lesbian bars, which is just supposed to be a safe space. So like, right. so that's what. So the Pat stuff in the in the show is real. But, uh, you know, when it came out, I was like, oh, that, uh, that character's hilarious. So Interesting. Yeah. Because so it's more about, like, how people reacted to me and how they saw me and used that as a bigotry or a harassment or wh- whatever you want to call it. But when you were at U of Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, even though you were dealing with some OCD mm-hmm. and mental health issues, yeah. did you already know that you wanted to be in comedy? Well, yeah, I mean, U Chicago is known as an intellectual school, but it's also isn't it doesn't have ties to the beginnings of improv. uh, Well, it has ties to the beginning of Second City, right? Because it was they there's a thing called Off Off Campus, which was um, an improv uh, group there, Mm -hmm. and they became God, uh, God, I haven't even thought about this for so long. But I think the people that did Off Off Campus created Second City or something. Right. I'm going to get a lot of uh, emails going. You're way off. (laughs) Agreed. Whatever. But I didn't, like, so I I never knew, like, I'm not a very active, I mean, I, whatever. Uh, I never, I didn't start taking classes until I was out of college. Okay. And so um, I always knew that I liked this stuff, but I was, I'm also a very nervous or, or afraid person. Like, uh, so I, you know, I started taking classes when I was 25, I think, at Second City, and then, like, class to class to class, and then. And then, like, went to I.O., mm-hmm. and then went to the Annoyance, and then, you know, was on, were on, uh, was on some independent teams, and then got on some teams at I.O., and so it just kind of, like, started. And I never, like, I mean, the fact that this happened, like, that, you know, we sold this show to Showtime, and we got to create the show, like, it's still, I haven't wrapped my brain around it, you know? Uh, I always say, like, you know, if, if we don't, like, we, <clears throat> it's been such an amazing experience, and I was, I was like, you know, and we don't get to do a season two, which we all are like, you know, hope that we get to do a season two. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, this is my life dream. It came true. And I know failure. I've been living failure for like, you know, I've not booked. I've never booked anything. I've never been on a set before. So I know that life. You've and been now on I, a web series. I did? Yeah. Roomies. Oh, but that wasn't mine. I mean, I've been on some stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, I've been on some friends. But, uh, wow. You really did your homework. <laughs> That wasn't my, you know, I did right. that for a friend and stuff, so. But, yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, I did, like, web, my friends would be like, you want to be in a web series? I was like, all right. Like, stuff like that. But I've never, like, you know, I would audition for stuff, never booked anything. Like, stuff like that. So this is just really out of out of this world. Like, it's just great. Well, let's talk a little bit about that then. Okay. Because if you're, if you're, if you're coming into school in Chicago and you're starting at Second City, in the mid late '90s, I mean that's the time period that the the UCB folks are leaving Chicago to yeah. go to New York, and they all hit it big. Other people come out of Second City and are hitting it big at SNL. So you're just starting out in improv. Uh huh. What were your expectations at the start? No expectations. None. None. Like you I didn't think you were gonna. I like follow those people. I mean, I never thought I would make, like, make, yeah, I never, I, it, you know, there are a lot of people. Is that a self-esteem issue, or is uh, that a... I, I don't know. I, I just, well, you know what I have what to say. What does your real-life therapist say? <laughs> well, 
We don't have enough time, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we can get him on the phone. I think mm-hmm. he's he might be in session right now. Um, you know what? I think it's tempering or uh, expectations mm-hmm. to and that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but also like until a year ago, it was true. I never had booked. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's not like that. I'm just very lucky. Like things came together. I always wanted it. I always mm-hmm. w- was striving for that. Okay. But you know what? Uh, when there were a lot of people, and I always had a trouble with that, like that start improv, and they're like, and they're like, oh, why do you do this? Like, well, I want to be on SNL. And it's it's really about like status versus art. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I uh, but when I started taking classes at uh, Second City, like uh, Carell and Colbert were on stage, and I was just like, whoa! Like Paul right. Danello and Sidere. I mean, like. It was uh, Amy Sedaris, like yeah. all these amazing people, and I would just watch and be like, "Oh my god!" And then you know, right? And then they went off and made Strangers with Candy. Yes. And what was crazy is that for my last class at Second City, mm-hmm. uh, it was this level, the level five class. Uh, they were having trouble getting a teacher, and Stephen Colbert had just left main stage, and he ended up being our teacher. And I was like, Stephen Colbert's gonna be our teacher, and I lost my mind. And then he had to leave because he booked the Dana Carvey show. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, we, I got, you know, so. What I don't was know. he like as a teacher? Oh, he's so smart. And, and I mean, I just always remember he was like, read. All you needed, you, you guys need to read, read Noam mm-hmm. Chomsky. We're like, always know what the news is. Like, you guys can't, you know, always be aware of what's going on in the world around you and, and read. Oh, so you can bring that to the stage. Yeah, and just be like, you know, it's all, improv is all about, like, speaking to the top of your intelligence, even mm-hmm. if you're playing not a very smart person, but, like, still knowing what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he was just very gracious and funny, and I was sort of like this, like, the whole time. I was like, oh, my God. So, but anyways. Yeah. And that was, I don't know, 2006? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I can't remember when Dana Carvey was, but probably 2006. Um, did you have any uh, Del Close encounters? I did. <laughs> and What was Del Close like for you? He, he was a horrible human being. Uh, and uh, it's funny because a lot of the people that came, way, came before me and, like, mm-hmm. you know, loved him. And I was like, God bless. You can love him. I took... And this is a self-esteem thing. So, like, I took, uh, so when I went to I.O., I, like, the last class, the level at I.O. Mm. Was, taught, was taught by Del Close. And so I signed up for it. And, um, you know, I think it was, like, our second class. And it, this was at the old I.O. Like, and the classes were only either in the upstairs or downstairs theater, right? So we were in the downstairs theater, level five. There was a level one upstairs. And then Sharna, who is what the owner of is I.O. Is still there. Is still there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh she came down, she's like, hey, we actually need the upstairs theater, so you guys are gonna, so level one is gonna come down and you guys are gonna be a combined class. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay. And then Del Close, he would like sit at the bar behind it and smoke these disgusting cigarettes. Uh, they were like the old, like, I don't know, they're really stinky. And then he'd be like, well, feminists hate when I say that, but it's, there's nothing we can do about it. So he said, well, there's nothing we can do about it. So, mm-hmm. And feminists hate what I say, when I say this, but it's like rape. If you can't stop it, just lay back and enjoy it. And I was just like, you know, sitting there. I was like, I will never come back to this class. And instead of calling and, like, you know, stating my case and, like, trying to get my money back, I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So I, I left. I, I never came back to that class. And then I was sitting there, I was like, Abby, you have to get better. He's a great teacher. Like, he teaches well. 
you have to go back and take it again, took it again, like paid the other, I don't know what it was back then, mm-hmm. much cheaper, just now, like 180, whatever, which I didn't have. Like, you know, I'm working this job for no money, right? So I, I take it and I, I go back and then I don't know, like week five, he says the exact same thing and then I never go back. It's just, he was a horrible misogynist and, but you know what? Oh, so that was my experience. And I wonder what I'm going to hear about that. But yeah, I mean, he was horrible. I just thought he was a gross pig. Well, you're not the only one to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, I remember when the Me Too, when the Me Too movement yes. finally came to fruition. Yeah. Some of that stuff came home to roost in Chicago as oh well. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. Yes. And Sharna was having to deal with that. Yeah. With I.O. Yeah. And, even, and Second even, City's dealing with I mean, everybody's dealing even with Even in 2017, it. 2018. Yeah. I mean, it's so, yeah. Uh it's fascinating to see like what was happening back when I started taking classes at like 93 versus like what's acceptable now, which is great. I mean, right. there's, cha- there's a lot of change to still happen, but there's a lot of good stuff that has come. Well, I don't think enough has been said about like what the experience in improv is like for the queer community. Oh my Lord. Yeah. So it was when I started IO, especially like second city is more of like, it's very like they kind of, you know, you're in these classes and mm-hmm. like I, the, I I was the only queer in my class, but like it was, you know, you kind of like go from class. It's just more nurturing at that time. And mm-hmm. I always sort of like you go up and you start like you're up there and it was great. But also like we were in Wrigley Field and and I would go to class like you'd go to uh, improv shows at I.O. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are tons of there's tons of teams at I.O. And then really at Second City back then there was the ETC in the main station. That's it. Right. So you'd go to I.O. You see all these teams and there was like. I remember there was one queer person that I that was out as queer who's hilarious, um, Stuart Ranson. Hi, Stuart. Uh, and I mean, I was like, he was. But I think like, and that was, you know, and so like, there wasn't any representation. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so I would like go, and everybody in class was lovely, and I never like experienced, at least in my face, that stuff. But I, when I would go on stage, it's not like that group, that crowd was especially like excited to see this fat, masculine woman in overalls, hmm. you know, and also like, you know, I was, man, improv's really, like, really, I mean, I took, you know, you do a lot of reps to become better, you right. know, so I'm not saying I'm doing great work, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was rough. And then now when you go back, there are queers everywhere. It's so empowering and like lovely. And I was, uh, these two uh, queers at IO, these lovely, uh, uh folks like emailed me last year to like do a pride event at mm-hmm. IO and I was like oh my god I can't do it but I'm just like I was like back in the day and it was like you know they were in their 20s I was like, you guys back in the day when this old hag was starting classes there was none there were there were no queers you know and so it's lovely well that kind of that too long of an answer well that <laughs> I feel like that kind of comes through even in the first two episodes mm-hmm. of, of work in progress where it's like you're going you're going to this club Oh, it yeah. used to be a lesbian bar, and right. it just shows like how much has changed from one generation to oh, the next. Oh, yeah, and I think that's the most beautiful thing. Like when, um, so when I came out, it was very white, mm-hmm. and it was very cis. Like it was like white cis lesbians was where my was that was my queer community, mm-hmm. right? And what's so beautiful, uh, what I see now, at least in like the city areas, I mean, uh, is that when people come out now there are people of every like ethnicity uh like race um gender gender uh like orientation mm-hmm. sexual orientation it's like this beautiful queer wonderland 
and we wanted to show that like we wanted to show like that's such a beautiful thing of acceptance and growing and like people like really being like oh okay maybe you know I, I, I just like the idea of fluidity and when that word like fluidity came and I was like oh fluidity like three years ago I was like gender and sexuality are fluid and the, I perform on a team at IO called Virgin Daiquiri Wednesday nights eight o'clock no big deal and like that would kind of be I'd be like well you know gender and sexuality are fluid right and so like and I basically said it every show <laughs> and, then, and then one time my friend Dana said it and I was like okay I've done, uh, what and then like backstage I was like what's my PSA going to be I mean <laughs> I anyways I went off topic but yes uh, we want. I wanted to show that. Like we also wanted to show that. Like that has changed. Like that landscape of what the of what a queer community looks like has changed, and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Well, it's also interesting. Like I was just talking with the Showtime people before you walked in. Oh. And <laughs> it's interesting to 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 see that Showtime can have a cinematic universe of Chicago, where there's Shameless, I know. The Shy, the Shy, and now Work in Progress, and it all. And it's all the same Chicago. Isn't that fascinating? I think people have, you know, people who have a preconceived notion of what Chicago is yeah. can see three different versions yeah. of it all play out in the same time. Right. The same cinematic universe. Exactly right. Yeah. And <laughs> the I borrow think... from the Marvel comics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it is. It's wonderful. And it, it, made, it makes me laugh. I'm like, oh, my God. Show, yeah. Like three shows are in Chicago. And like, then there's also like Comedy Central has Southside now. Yes, yeah. And it's like, oh, there's not just one story of there's, Chicago that's playing out yeah. in 2019. There's it's, so many, yeah, and I, there's so many more. Like, yeah. you know, Chicago is so lovely. I mean, I love it so much. And our first AD who is fr from New York who came out mm -hmm. um, uh, to work on the show, like, he loves New York so much, but I, we went out for drinks last night. He's like, no, I really love Chicago. I'm like, I knew it, Neil. I knew you loved it. He's like, I never knew. Like, people never talk about it. I'm like, yeah, because you live here. Nobody talks about how great Chicago is. Right. But yeah, I love it so much. And but I love New York, too. I'm not being but it, whatever. But it felt like, as someone who's not from Chicago, hasn't mm -hmm. lived in Chicago, mm -hmm. has only visited Chicago, it feels like you've only, we've only seen, like, one side of it, maybe the north side. Right, that's for sure. I think um, any, well, and so what we see, like I think on uh, broad TV mm -hmm. is, or like movies is North Side Chicago, white yeah. Chicago, middle, upper middle class, middle class, whatever. Cubs fans. Cubs work, fans. Working yeah. advertising. Right, or... right, exactly right. And then what you see, what, what America sees in the news about Chicago mm -hmm. is, is violence, poverty, which exists, but it's just like, there's, uh, I don't know, like it's, there's a, such a huge, beautiful world of Chicago and obviously so many problems and so much poverty and, and so much injustice. But like what I think what the, what we see on, on major TV is, or movies is just a very, you know, homogenized mm -hmm. Chicago. Right. I, I think, uh, so I think Showtime, like I fascinating, like they have a cell side like white family and then they have the shy and then they have a, a queer community that lives yeah. on the north side so so how do you as a performer mm -hmm. who has has described on this podcast mm -hmm. has not booked anything before right. now <laughs> how do you keep going oh you mean like as without as, yeah yeah you know i gotta say it's the only thing i've ever wanted to do mm -hmm. and um 
I don't know. It's like even when like things like, you know, with my depression and stuff, sometimes it gets really bad and sometimes it's good. But like when I'm really depressed and like was, you know, it was hard to get out of bed and stuff like that, like improvising was the thing I wanted, like that got me going, you know, Mm -hmm. and like the more you, you, the longer you're in it, like obviously a lot of the people that I came up with that wanted to do this for their life Mm -hmm. moved to LA or New York and, and, um, but I stayed and that was a lot of fear. Like I didn't want to move. I didn't know what I was moving for. And I love Chicago. I've lived here, you know, there forever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so, but even though those, like my, you know, contemporaries left, like I still like, I'm meeting all these new improvisers that are coming through and Mm -hmm. I'm on this, like this amazing team. I was asked to join this other team just to do this silly show. And that's been a dream. Like there's such a great community of folks. Um, and in the old days, old days, classic, like you'd go to a, see a show and you'd see like two women and nine guys. And like, and, and the fact that sometimes I'm like, oh my God, there are five women and four guys. And the fact that that's still in my mind is saying that. Like it's still not, doing it, the math. Right. And like, and you know, and there's certainly like a, a, a shortage of people of color um, in, in the whole uh, improv community. And I, uh, and so there's still, there's so much work to be done, but there. I don't know. I, I'm so lucky, and I'm on this team with great people. And you know, I was gonna, I meant to, the longer you do it, the more you get to choose who you want to do it with, mm-hmm. right? And going into this green room with these folks is just—it's just great. There's trust, and improv is about trust and having each other's backs. And when you get to be with people that you actually trust and have they have your back and you have theirs it's just it's a beautiful experience how long have you been with virgin decory let's see i want to say about 10 years okay i think so, that like i think we just hit 11 years i wasn't one of the original members so maybe nine so long enough to see people like 80 brian and yeah Cicely strong yes yes they were, yes there. and uh yes amazing yeah <laughs> mary Sohn. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and Aidy Bryant, man. Oh my lord. So when I uh, I was at SNL a couple of years ago, and she she had it had just the news had just hit that she had bought uh, Shrill, mm-hmm. which is the most amazing book. Yeah. Uh, but she had bought the book rights, right? Okay. To, to, and and so I saw her at the after party. I'm like, Aidy, I can't. You know, I was like, so she's the right person to tell that story. She's so brave. I, brave I, is the wrong <laughs> word. I mean, she is a brave person. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I find her like fearless, but also I've always looked up to her because she's always like never been apologetic about her weight. And mm-hmm. I am like living in this self-loathing like shame, but she is always like, yeah, fuck you, man. This is who I am. And I just, I'm just enamored with her. She's the funniest, kindest person. And, uh, but I just went over there. I was like, I cannot believe, you know. And she's like, Oh, thanks, you know. And her mom was there. Was the Mother's Day scene, like, you know, episode. Oh, Anyways, right. Yeah, and Cecily, so yeah, and then like Mary Stone, who's a dear friend of mine, who actually is in the. She uh, is cast in the first season okay. of Work in Progress. Nice. She plays my boss. Ah. Um, and uh, yeah, amazing people have been on that team. But. So were you working this whole time then? I mean, or were you a starving artist? What? I mean, I would say that, like, I mean, this. I would, yeah, I was like, you know, I would like pick up for all the Showtime money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would pick pick up gigs, but yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was a it was like a struggle, you know, like everybody struggles, right? So, so what was the moment when you decided, okay, I need to do something about this, because you actually made right, you well, made a pilot, right? I you mean, made I, a short film, right? I mean, I think it was like, I mean, we, so my partner, Tim Mason, who mm-hmm. I've known for 20 years, he and his wife, I'm sorry, his wife and I have improvised on a different team for about 20 years. 
we don't perform anymore, but mm -hmm. I've known him forever. And like we were talking about working on some videos because he wanted to work on his directing. And then um, he ended up, uh, so I pitched him some ideas and he like, and he was like, what, what about this? So I was going to repitch the next week. And that, that weekend he came to my storytelling show called Work in Progress. And it was all stories based on my life. And that's how the show came to be. And he, he came, he's like, well, instead of these videos, why don't we write a show based on your life? Right? So I was like, always wanted to do that. Like, that's what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to partner as like, uh, I wanted somebody to say they wanted to do it. Like, how do you ask somebody to spend time <laughs> and energy with possibly no payoff? About a story about me? Right. Like, uh, you can't, I mean, I can't do that. Anyway, so like we started writing it. And then we had some interest with a production company that ended up uh, going, going away. But like, you know, and then he ended up having some meetings. And then la uh, like in, in 2017, he's like, I'm sick of meetings. Let's just do it ourselves. I'm like, yeah. So we rewrote our pilot. Like, we changed it a bunch. And, and then we came up with the money and we shot it. How did you come up with the money? Well, we had a, uh, an ain't like we had a lovely friend that. Uh, okay. And then we had a contract with them. It's like when if if we make any money, like obviously you'll get. So paid you didn't back. go the crowdfunding. We did not. Way. Yeah. Okay. And then and then we owned it wholeheartedly. It was mm -hmm. ours. We, we didn't we didn't owe it. Like it was our property. Was Sundance was the first place you pitched it? Yeah. So like we 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 submitted to Sundance and Slamdance and. Uh, we couldn't believe. I still can't believe we got into Sundance. And with those guys, like you can't show it anywhere else. So like, the, so Sundance was the first time it was seen uh, by a group of people. What was that first screening like? It was bonkers. I mean, Tim and I were sitting there like, oh my god. And we were like, there were four, um, there were four uh, indie episodics that are shown, and we were the last one. And that first time, like, and they say, like, okay, so right when your starts, like, the manager, the house manager will come and ask you if the sound is okay. And mm -hmm. I was like, so then you're like, wait, wait, did the, did the uh, file get there okay? Like, you have to send all these, you know, the, the, a big, like, heavy piece of that, mm -hmm. like, of whatever file. And then you send backups, like, but they don't test them because that's not their job, right? So I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, and a bunch of my friends had, like, lovely like came out to support me i don't know we i like so you're stressing just about the tech i mean yeah and that, i mean everything right and, mm -hmm. then, and then and then uh so and the other episodics were so great but like that first time we were just like this and and to hear like oh this is getting a pretty good response you mm -hmm. know and then what was also this is off topic a little bit but what's so great about sundance i mean so many things um but the our indie, indie episodic block it was the same for pieces in each of the three showings so mm -hmm. we really got to meet these other artists okay. you know and that was such a dream like i mean it was all great people and it it was just such a lovely time how quickly did things come together with like meeting lily and oh so i've known lily for three like we've been friends for three years okay. like so i've known lily for a long time um and she was kind enough to offer to come aboard and i was like what you hate this stuff. You, you don't hate, obviously, she doesn't hate the art. She hates the bullshit of Hollywood and, like, the industry, right? Like, she is an artist. She's a warrior. She's so smart. Man, I love her so much. And so I was, you know, and uh, she lives in Chicago, and she, like, you know, just didn't want all that crap mm -hmm. that goes on. Um, and so she, I was like, no. And then she was like, yeah. I was like, okay. Uh so she came on board 
before before after we got into Sundance, but before we went. Okay. And then um, <laughs> she's like, I I know a good investment. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> yeah. It. But it was but it was funny. But I mean, she had it was funny. Like she had offered like before we got into Sundance, and I said no, and then we met again, and I was like, okay. So um, yeah, she's been so generous, and um, and Dave Binniger, who is uh, the direct uh, a director, is it. The director of original programming? Am I getting his... Dave, is that right? Okay. Who's lovely. He was actually at our premiere at Mm -hmm. Sundance, so I met him right after. And um, he's like, we have a meeting next week. I'm like, oh, my God. And then we had some other meetings out in L.A., but, like, the second we walked in, we kind of looked around at each other like, oh, we hope we get get Showtime. So now you're in this strange position where you're like, I'm going to be... cable TV star, but it hasn't aired yet. Yeah. I, I would say a cable TV actor. Let's not say well, star. Okay. I, okay, I guess well, let, let's temper expectations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always say like, I, I'll be, well, I'll haven't be, you been tempering expectations for long enough? I know. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's, it's gone. It's gone. All right. For 20, 25 I mean, I, years. I don't might know. Well, I, you know, might as well keep the tempering. I mean, why not? Right. Like I, so anyways, yes. So it is very strange. And like, people are like, your life's going to change. And I was like, I, I don't know who, so who have you talked to in this in this time period to get advice to get I mean I'm so I mean I, I have a great therapist mm-hmm. uh, who are we yeah he didn't pick up so he couldn't join us uh, and, but in and, uh, terms of like people from the business yeah. who has, um, been, has it been people like Lily or has it been people from comedy well Lily I mean I haven't really reached out to anybody per se like uh, some of my uh, dearest friends were on set with me like mm-hmm. Celeste uh, Peckhouse who's like plays my best friend and um and Mary Stone was on, mm-hmm. you know, and she has great success. And um, my friend Kate James, who is amazing, and like she's also a best friend. Like I don't know, I I don't even know who to ask. Like I don't know what to do. I, I just my my take is try to take care of myself and the people around me. And I, I look, I'm 51. I have an amazing group of people who have my back, and um, they're along with me, right? Like I don't. I don't even know. I, I got, wow, I guess I haven't done my work. Who do I ask? <laughs> I, I think, you know, I mean, I, it's just like, I think as you, like, even the way you talk about it is like, trust nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, be very, I'm very grateful. I, like, maybe I'll never work again. Okay. Maybe, I, I hope I do. I hope I get more opportunities. But, like, I'm so grateful. We had amazing, we had an amazing crew. We have an amazing cast. An amazing dream come true. Like, I don't know. I don't know how else to get ready. The big takeaway that I got from the first episode, at least, was how important it is just to share your story with people. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. You know, hearing you describe the journey, like it was from sharing your stories at a storytelling show mm-hmm. that got Tim to go, oh, you know, this actually should yeah, be the show. Yeah, why don't we do this, yeah. But then in the show, if you hadn't shared your story with your with your TV sister, that wouldn't have gotten the ball rolling on so many other plot developments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just if you had kept that, if you had internalized what was going on with you, right, and not shared it, right. I mean, there's so many things wouldn't have happened. Right, exactly right. I I I just think it's like yeah, living, trying to live openly and honestly, and that Mm -hmm. can be. A struggle for anybody you know and like yeah I don't know it's really it's bonkers 
I don't even know what to say about it. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, oh, we got to edit this shit out. No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. It's bonkers. I don't know. It's really cool. I, I'm, It's scary. It's very scary, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, there's a lot of vitriol out there, but whatever. I, I, you know, again, it's... I. I know who I am. I'm surrounded by amazing friends. I have an amazing team. Uh, and everybody who worked on the show was a dream. And I think everybody knew how grateful I was. And I just, I don't know. I just want to be positive. Well, you know, people even uh, older than time have said that, <laughs> in the, you know, the secret of comedy is timing. So do you believe that that this was meant to come out now? I mean, like 20, people... Oh, in 2019. In like, 2019. When people are talking about this stuff. I mean, I don't... You know, I, I think that, like, the time lined up well. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think I've never... Um, I basically go at my own uh, glacial pace of when mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with stuff. Like, the first time... Like, the first time I ever, like, made a video with my friend Tim Paul... Uh, called the McCardles. Uh, it's about an ex-gay couple mm-hmm. like so that we met in re- you know, reparative therapy and he's clearly a big old queer and I'm clearly a big old queer, whatever. So, and by the time I was like, yeah, let's write this and do it, like I was ready. Like, it, you know, not only did I grow hopefully as an artist and a writer and a performer, but also I grew as a human being of like being more comfortable with myself, right? And so like when that stuff came out, I was like, yeah, I... But when people write stuff, it's like, I've thought worse. <laughs> you know, even all the hatred. I mean, self-loathing can work out, like, when people mm-hmm. come after you and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think I, you know, I think the timing worked out, I guess, for the for the for what's going on in the world, but also for me. Like, I think, you know, when I got Torco, when I got Second City at 40, like, I shouldn't have gotten in earlier. I wasn't ready. Like, both as a performer and as a human being, right? right. So, like, so hopefully, so hopefully the timing is right. I don't know, man. I, nothing's real. <laughs> Abby, I hate to tell you this, but this is all very real. I mean, I'm thrilled. And, you know, I was even I was at the Showtime offices yesterday. I was like, I'll believe it on December 8th at 10 p.m. Central. You know, I mean, it's just so great. People have been lovely and generous and and kind. And the Chicago mm-hmm. community is amazing. And we were on our last week, and somebody passed by, and they, and 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 they stopped me on the street. It was up in Andersonville, my neighbor. And she was like, "I just want to say thank you for doing everything in Chicago." I was like, "You got it." Like we, we wrote there, we're shot there, we're doing posts there. It's it's amazing. I love it. I'm it's very all lucky. Happening. Yeah. It's well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Abby. Thank you, Sean. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.